Welcome to What's Really Happening in Southern Utah, the podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kidder. Our podcast is all about issues facing Southern Utah. Here we will announce your upcoming events, talk with movers and shakers in our community about important issues facing Beaver, Iron, Kane, and Washington counties, and make sure you are kept in the loop with interesting news and commentary of local interest. While we welcome folks from all over, our goal with this podcast is to give residents of Southern Utah a place to find out about issues that affect them. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and also on our Facebook group, What's Really Happening in Southern Utah, and online at whatsreallyhappeningsu.com. You're listening to What's Really Happening in Southern Utah, the podcast with your host, Dan Kidder. Hey, everybody. We are so really lucky today. This is an auspicious occasion. This is the maiden voyage of what's really happening in Southern Utah, the podcast. We've been talking about doing this for, oh, I don't know, four or five months now. We finally got all of the pieces of gear set up. And we are here in the Kidder Communications Studios in the Boomer Building in downtown Cedar City, Utah. And the way this came about, we started doing some uh, local access video. We had a, a TV crew come in here and get everything set up. We were switching this thing live. We had all kinds of musical guests come in. That was hosted by Roger Alcott. And we were also doing uh, uh, community interest topics, and that was McKinnon Hansen. And, and we may still continue to do that. We're still looking at how we can do that. But a lot of people came to me afterwards, and they said, man, I really wish I could listen to you while I was driving in my car or or while I'm at my desk at my office. And so we looked at doing this as an audio podcast so that you have the option to do that. It's, it's not always real uh, convenient to try to watch videos uh, when you're driving, especially. Don't do that. So for our, uh, our maiden voyage here, we have a very special series of programs coming up this week. Our first one is the Iron County Commission Seat B candidates are in the studio for a debate. And I appreciate it. I've got Steve Miller here. Hey, Steve. How are you? And I've got Mr. Paul Cousins. Hello, Dan. So, guys, I really appreciate you coming in here. And, and I give you props because this is the hot seat, man. It is not everybody who wants to willingly pl place themselves in the fire and I can tell you from experience, because I have been in your shoes many, many, many times. I once ticked off a U.S. senator so bad he remembered it for almost a decade and held it against me. Oh, go Johnny Isaacson, Georgia. Um, so I, I give it to you guys. I've got some tough questions for you. So let me real quick run through the rules so that we have a good understanding. You see the big timer up there? You can both see it okay? You bet. All right. So that timer right now is going to be set for three minutes. I'm going to give you each three minutes to introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are, why they should vote for you, your experience, your background, anything that you as, uh, as a candidate think is pertinent to those, those voters trying to make a decision. And then we're going to start off. Uh, we flipped a coin. We got a $10 silver piece here. We flipped it. And Mr. Paul Cousins was the winner, so he gets to go first. So we have uh, questions for you. And I know in the memo I sent you, I said three questions, but now we're up to five questions each. Um, and then there will be a general question for both of you. So I'll ask each of you a question. You will have two minutes to answer that question. And when your time is up, I am going to turn your mic off. <laughs> All right. So nobody gets nobody can come back to me and say, hey, you were unfair. You gave, you know, so and so more time. At the end of that period, your opponent will have one minute to rebut. Don't have to rebut if you don't want to, but you have that opportunity if you care to. At the end of your five questions, uh, there will be one question that will be asked of both of you. And uh, that will uh, have two minutes and then you can uh, not have a rebuttal on that. Gentlemen, we are going to get going here, and uh, I'm going to start this timer. And since uh, Paul, you got to, you won the coin toss, so we're going to let you go first. So tell us about yourself. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate your hosting this debate. Uh, I appreciate my opponent, uh, Mr. Miller, being here as well. Um, I'm Paul Cousins. Uh, I'm running for re-election. I'm the incumbent in this seat B. Just a little of my background, I, I grew up in Moab, Utah, uh, worked, worked with my father, uh, wonderful mother. We worked hard, we, we did land surveying, engineering, and then we did excavation work. So I learned how to work from a young age. 
My father became paralyzed when I was 10 years old with encephalitis. Uh, it about, about killed him, but uh, we lived through that and it made our family stronger because of it. I had to grow up fast. Luckily, my folks had, had bought raw land in Moab when they first moved there in the 50s. Through high school, I was able to, with, a, with the heavy equipment and uh, help from my father's assistance, sitting in a wheelchair, leveled land, sold lots to help uh, pay the bills and, and support our family. I, in 1980, I moved to Cedar City. That was 42 years ago. I, um, I served an LDS mission, went to college, uh, came back from my mission, um, met, met my wife, uh, and then in 1987, we started our cabinet manufacturing business. And, and so that's a little bit of my history. Uh, 11 years ago, I was asked to serve on the Planning Commission. I did that for a year in Cedar City. I ran and, uh, and won a seat on the Cedar City Council, served there for eight years, and then I've been a commissioner for three and a half. Um, years and it's it's been a wonderful experience. Um, one thing that, uh, that that running a business as I, as I talk to a lot of people and one thing I believe I think we need more business people in government. I, I think it's important that uh, the lessons learned in government, uh, common sense, problem solving, having to meet <coughs> payroll, having to meet budgets, having to meet schedules, learning to get along with other subcontracts on contractors on the job. It was invaluable experience, and I've tried to um, uh, take those lessons learned in private industry and apply it to not only my service in the in the city council, but in my commission service as well. It's blessed me, and I believe it's blessed the taxpayers as well. Um, I uh, I have a platform for items. Uh, the first is uh, <coughs> is protecting the taxpayer. Uh, second is preventing government overreach. The third is. Um, protecting our way of life, and the fourth is, is infrastructure and water. I've been passionate about water for a long time. I've, I have a track record of working on water. I've been involved in five of the eight recharge projects that have been uh, constructed between Iron County and, and Perilwin, including the Perilwin Valley. We've worked hard with the, uh, with the farmers to help them be more efficient with their pivots. I've gone to legislature and, and got money for them to help them incentivize. And then also we worked on the West Desert, the Pine Valley project to bring water into this valley. And that's a very important topic and hopefully we can address that more. But uh, that's me and, and I'm grateful to be here. Boy, nailed it right in the nick of time. All right, let me reset this timer here. Go ahead, Steve. Well, hello and thank you, Dan, for inviting us out here today. Uh, have this little debate. I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. So uh, with that being said, a little bit about me. I'm from Annabelle, Utah. Uh, I was there until I was 18, moved here in 1988, and I've been here in Cedar City for over 34 years now. Um, I moved here not knowing what I wanted to do for sure in life, but I'll tell you what, this is a beautiful place we live in. And because of that, you know, I've stayed here for 34 years. Um, we have a beautiful family. Uh, I've, I've got a wife, three beautiful children, grown up, very successful. We're very proud of them. A granddaughter who, uh, well, she has me wrapped around her finger. Let's, let's be honest, they do that. Um, you know, I attended SUSC back then here. And uh, with my family, back to my family, I'm sorry about that. Um, let's see, we have five generations here now in our family. So, you know, that, that shows our roots here. And uh, this has been a great community. It's been very good to me. I've, I've had the opportunity to serve on uh, the county commission and do charities for people, uh, fundraisers. And then for the last 16 years, I have an event called the Fish and Fun Event, and this is for people with disabilities. Uh, we actually take these participants out. We put them on the lake for half a day. We go fishing. We followed up with a huge barbecue, an award ceremony, and the Utah National Guard has been our biggest supporter for, you know, 16 years. And during that time, we've got 32 sponsors who have always been there. So bottom line is I love to give back to the community. I love to serve the community, and I love to help out in any way possible. That's how I was raised. Uh, my parents raised us to work very hard as well. We farmed growing up. And, you know, every opportunity uh, our parents taught us, with every opportunity you have, give back in life. You work hard. You have a good hard work ethic. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you work very hard, and, and you'll be successful. So we've done that. Um, as Paul mentioned, his, his priorities and stuff, I've got some as well. Um, water being number one, you know, that is a big concern here and it needs to be. So we're addressing that. Uh, growth, you know, the, the growth that's going on in Cedar City right now is amazing. When I moved here in 1988, uh, I believe there was three stoplights back then. 
boy, has this place changed? And it's just been amazing to see the growth. Um, and then good jobs for people. You know, we want to make sure we have a place where people can move, uh, have a good livelihood, and have a good opportunity to work in a good field that makes them a good living and support their families. So, you know, these are what I'm chasing as well. And I'm super happy to be here, and I appreciate this opportunity. Awesome. Time left on the clock. All right. We're ready to get into the questions here. We have got a good selection of questions. Paul is up first. Oh, my keyboard just decided it wanted to connect. All right. This question is for you. You, you will have two minutes uh, to answer this. Mr. Cousins, when you first ran for county commission, you stated that you would resign your seat on the Cedar City Council, but instead you continued to serve as both a councilman and a county commissioner. Can you explain why you did not resign from the city council? I, I will, yes. I'm glad you asked that question, Dan. Um, so as, as usual in, in politics, you have some heated, heated subjects. Uh, during that time, uh, in fact, it was right after the November election, the day after we got bids in to replace the uh, snack shack structure at the Bicentennial Parks. And, and I had fought for months to, uh, the council had voted to tear that down and replace it with a smaller building. I disagreed with that stance. I thought it was a waste of taxpayer money. The, a service club called the Qantas Club built that about 30 years ago. It was a nice structure. It was, had solid grouted concrete or uh, block walls. I felt like we, we could remodel that structure for probably $100,000. That's my wheelhouse. I've, I've been in that, that uh, field for years. Um, felt like we could do that. Uh, I felt like we were misled with some of the information that we received. Said that said it was sinking, said it was settling. I was so upset one night I went out after a council meeting and, and spent two hours with the headlights of my truck digging holes into the footings. They were dry as a bone. Uh, I, I, I got my dander up a little bit. I, I, and, I, I had, and anyway, soon after that, they burned that structure down. And, um, and it's called it a fire training exercise. And, and, we, and they did that once in a while, yes. But a lot of people started calling me saying, Paul, you're a conservative voice. We need you on the council. And, uh, and so I made the decision to stay. And uh, just so people didn't know I was doing it for financial gain, I, I took and donated the $12,000 we receive as, as a councilman. I donated a $3,000 check to Canyon Creek Services, the Children's Justice Center, the Family Support Center, and, the, and the, um, it was the Karen Share. And I decided to stay on the commission. And, and a lot of people didn't want somebody to be appointed that hadn't actually been elected. And uh, I knew I could take a hit politically with this decision, but um, if faced with the same decisions today, I would make the same choice. And I'm glad I did. All right. Mr. Miller, you have uh, one minute to respond to that. Uh, you know, uh, that's the most I've ever heard of that story. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I know there's a lot of conflict on that. Um, my understanding is that you're not supposed to serve two elected positions at the same time. Um, I haven't dug too much into it. Mm. Uh, and the reason I haven't is, you know, I'm not here to criticize anyone for any of their doings or anything like that. We're here to run a clean campaign. And, and I'm glad he had an explanation. That was nice because I had no idea. That's kind of how things went. So I appreciate that. All right. This one is for Mr. Miller. Mr. Miller, you've stated your intention to provide raises to county employees, specifically to sheriff's deputies. Are you prepared to raise property taxes in Iron County to accomplish that? Well, uh, you know, starting with that, um, I am prepared, but that's not the first goal. You know, I, I, my goal is not to go in and raise taxes. My goal on that whole situation there is to get some retention built. Uh, the morale is down right there. It, it is with all county employees right now. And, uh, as far as pay, it's, it's devastating. You know, we need to get them on a level playing ground with everyone else across the state when it comes to county deputies and, and jailers and stuff. So, you know, I'm not going to say no, it's not an option. But I think as long as we can get retention build up there and that $100,000 we spend on each deputy every year or each deputy that we hire, it's $100,000. And if we can build some retention, we can save that $100,000 every year however much that might come out to be, and we can use that towards the raises. It's not necessarily about raising taxes for uh, the, the deputies and the jailers, uh, any of our first, uh, first responders, as a matter of fact, but what we want to do is make sure it's fair playing ground, and, and we need to keep them in that position. 
We spend a lot of time, a lot of money to get those people in that position. And they do that because they love to serve the public. You know, that's why they're there. Uh, you know, we've got one guy out there living out of his truck because he simply doesn't have enough money to afford a house right now because of the cost of a new house. And, and that's what to do with low pay. So, yeah, I would like to get that up. And that is one of my goals, absolutely, for first responders. I want them to be taken care of. But I'm going to look at every avenue there is beforehand. It's not about raising taxes. And uh, that's the last thing I want to do. But if that's the only thing we can do, and I need those, we all as a community need the first responders to be there when we need them, we'll, we'll, t we'll make that decision when it comes time. All right. Mr. Cousins, you have one minute to respond to that. So on this, on this subject, last year, and, and we've seen record inflation. Uh, last year, I'm, I actually proposed we do a mid-year budget opening which has never been done in the history of Iron County. And I propose that we give the sheriff's deputies and, and, and some of the attorneys and that that hadn't had some increase for a while uh, a 10% raise. And that brought them up to where they needed to be in, in, in the averages in the state. Uh, but we've, with record, and everybody's seen what's happened with, I mean, wheat has doubled in a year, wheat prices. We've seen what's happened with rents and, and home prices, and it's just gone insane. And so, um, I proposed that, and that was actually six months early doing that mid-year. It was a six-month early raise, and that, so it applied for that half of the year plus the whole next year. And uh, we, we, are, we have meetings with the, bud, or with the sheriff planned uh, to look at this again to, because they are low. They, we need to adjust them again, and, and we're in plans to do that. The sheriff's got a presentation for us so we can retain our officers. All right. Sheriff's deputies, sorry, not officers. Mr. Cousins, this question is for you. Uh, you've been criticized for considering purchase of land for a new jail from a contributor to your campaign. Can you please explain how that purchase came to be? And do you think that you should have disclosed that the land was being purchased from a contributor to your campaign? Yeah, I laugh at this a little bit because I've been in public service for 10 years and never in the history of my service have I ever had anybody raise their hand and say I took a campaign, campaign donation. Um, I took a $400 donation from this individual four years ago. I can't remember what I had for breakfast um, yesterday, um, let alone four years ago. I was criticized for that. It was interesting. I looked up, just for fun, I looked up the Cedar City Council campaign reports from 2019, and three individuals on the City Council took, um, took $500 donations from a certain company in Cedar City. And uh, they voted on multi, multi-million dollar projects since. Not one of them have ever, ever raised their hand and said, I need to disclose it. I've never seen it happen. It's just not something that happens. Um, I, uh, I, I just, it's, it's insane to think, if, if I was really influenced by a $400 donation four years ago, why would I have voted on the Smead property to be the first property? I don't think I would have done that because that individual had nothing to do with that property. The property we're looking at now out, out uh, north of Fiddler's Canyon is a property he happens to own, and this, this individual happens to own a lot of property in, in Iron County. He, he owns a lot of it. And so the chances of finding a piece, and that piece, it, it, was, it had no influence. It, uh, it just happened to, I, we've had criticism that we should have used the Sitla piece, but that, moves the, that would move the jail closer to the homes, not further away. And this piece is up out of the wash where there's no flood damage. There's some that have talked about moving the jail further north but there's no utilities out there. And yes, we could maybe buy that land for $1,000 an acre instead of $50,000 an acre, but it, it's 20 plus million dollars to get utilities to that site. It's probably 20 to 40 million to build a new underpass under the freeway to access. Anybody that's driven under that little underpass knows what I'm talking about. The access would be, would be hard. So there, no, there's no influence there. All right. Mr. Miller, you have one minute to respond. Um, you know, I do disagree with this a little bit. Um, going to all the meetings from day one this last year of, uh, of the gel sites and stuff, <clears throat> um, you know, this was not one of the original four sites that was announced. Uh, that site right out there right now was actually on Automall Drive down lower, and then it was switched out, or if you want to call it a bait and switch, however you want to put that. But this was done without anybody knowing I've talked to these residents out in Fiddlers, and I feel their concern. This is the reason I ran to begin with. But with that being said, this other site, there is power up nearby there. I know that. I've looked into this as well. So, you know, the $20 million keeps coming out of being 
we need 20 million for this, we need 20 million for that. I disagree with that. I would like to see some more hard numbers on that because there is power there. And I think we need to be transparent with these people. Um, we can't be doing this. And as far as that owner, you know, it is what it is right now, but we'll figure it out. All right. Mr. Miller, this question's for you. Uh, we've heard many times how serving as a county commissioner is a full-time job. You are currently employed as an insurance agent. How will you devote the time necessary to do the job of a county commissioner and maintain your insurance business? You know, that's, that has been brought to my attention, of course. Um, I'm not the first one to run for a county commission seat, nor would I be the first one to have two jobs as a county commissioner. Um, being in the insurance industry is an amazing job because you get to pick your own hours. You choose when you work. I could work every evening. I could work every morning. It doesn't matter when I work. My business is pretty much around the clock. So there is no conflict with my employment at all. It, it actually frees me up a lot more than anyone else would have the opportunity to do with a full-time job working under someone else. So that's one of the great things about being self-employed is you can work with that. Um, there's absolutely no conflict with that at all. And I know I can serve the public and uh, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to serve them and I have the time to do that. I have no children at home. Like I said, our kids are grown and stuff. We're empty nesters and my wife is self-employed as well. And I'll tell you what, we can work around different schedules and we can make things happen. So not an issue at all. All right. Mr. Cousins. You know, on that, I ran my cabinet business uh, for 33 years, and I ran it through the time I served as a city councilman. It was difficult, really. As, as involved as I was, was with water projects, it was, a, it was a tough, tough lift. But as a commissioner, I can't imagine, and even though it is considered a part-time <coughs> job, I can't imagine trying to run my business and be a county commissioner. There's no way. I probably spend 50 hours a week as a commissioner to do it right and do a good job. Uh, we're going up to the legislature to work with legislative issues. I worked on the Parowin issue when they were trying to make secondary water metering uh, a requirement. And uh, I devote a lot of time to this, and I know what it takes to do it, to be able to drop everything and run and, 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 and the different issues that come up, the meetings we have to go to, evening meetings, early morning meetings. We, we were in Parowin this morning looking at the fairgrounds at 730 planning some different issues with some of the changes we're making. So it's, it's, it's a difficult thing. I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's, uh, I, to do it right, it's, it's a difficult thing to run a business and be a commissioner. All right. Thank you. Mr. Cousins, this question's for you. Water has been top of mind for everyone in the past few years. How will you approach the issue of ensuring Iron County has enough water for the next 50 years? I have a track record, a 10 year track record on this, on this subject. Um, I was elected in 2012 and appointed by Mayor Burgess to the Water Board. And uh, I, I'm a very passionate person. I'm very involved. I ran heavy equipment when I was younger. So when we, when we do projects, I love jumping on the machines, helping lay pipe, getting involved. I planned the Quichapaw Creek recharge project. I went down to St. George. I bought a head gate box, uh, drilled it out, bought, did the gate. We took our county employees out there. We did that whole project, and it's been a great success. And that's the way it's been with the other, other four projects I've been involved in. The Western Rock Project, in a, in a water meeting one night, uh, starting in 2012, I got tired of the recharge projects being on the agenda every single month without doing anything. Finally, in 2016, I said, I'm tired of talking about those. Let's go do something. I went out to Western Rock, talked to the owners. They let us, we laid pipe. I found some used pipe at the airport, some 33-inch concrete pipe. We laid that in about two weeks. Is a, it's been an amazing project. Those, pl those, those projects are in place now, so when we have excess water from the snowpack on the mountain, that they're available to recharge. We recharged um, enough water in 2018 and 19 for about 20,000 homes that year, and it was incredible. We've worked with the farmers. I've been to the legislature to get money to help them be more efficient with the LEPA system. Um, and then with the West Desert Project, we've, uh, and you know, water is going to, growth is going to be uh, determined by what water we have. If you have the old water, the 1934 and older, you can develop land. And, but if anything newer than th 1934 is going to be difficult because it can be forfeited by the state engineer who controls water rights. And so growth is going to be, everybody asks me that question, what about the growth? And it's, it's going to be determined by water rights and the priority date. And it's a free market thing. And I don't think that we should pick winners and losers in regards to who gets to do what. It's going to be controlled by those market forces. Okay. Mr. Miller. 
Well, you know, and I, Paul, I, I give you credit. You have done a lot with water, and there's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, we've, you guys have a plan in place right now and everything, and I can appreciate that, and I think it's a good thing. Um, I know you're talking about water coming over and everything else uh, from Walmart Valley, Pine Valley, and everything. I think, you know, it's been an amazing job that everybody's done to make that happen. Um, you know, but I think I think it falls back to the general plan. We need to come back to the general plan, and we need to have some stuff put in place for the future, not for just plan A. We need to have a plan A, B, and C. There's no doubt about that in my mind. So um, I, I do appreciate you doing the work I, that you've put into this and everything. As far as running equipment and doing things on your own, I think as a county commissioner, you need to delegate that work out. I can operate equipment all day, too. I've done it for years. But on the flip side of that, that's our county's that's our county's job as employees job to take care of that stuff and i i'd like to see them put to work more often on that there are no rebuttals sir but you can use part of your time from your next question to to answer anything that you would like but this question is for mr miller mr miller you accepted a campaign contribution of one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars from steve gilbert and his companies which are currently in litigation with iron county for around 6.5 million dollars of unpaid taxes what will your approach be in dealing with this litigation if you were elected as a county commissioner well <clears throat> this gets asked often and i understand everybody's concerns and thoughts on this um you know I didn't know Steve Gilbert personally when this all came about. I knew of Steve Gilbert. If you've been in Southern Utah at all for a long time, you know Steve Gilbert and Cindy Gilbert, uh, very well known. Um, I was approached and asked to go meet with Mr. Gilbert, so I did, not knowing his intentions or what his thoughts were. Uh, during that discussion, he, he invited me and said, I would like to you know, help you out financially with your campaign. This is my first run on it. I, I'm still de deer in the headlights look sometimes, let's be honest. So, um, you know, you're always happy to help, have help. Um, after that, after we met a second time, little did I know the donations that would come in from him and his companies, and I'm very appreciative of them. They do a lot for this community. They, they, uh, hire, or they, they take care of a lot of people who work for them and give them an opportunity for a lifestyle that's very well in Cedar City. So, you know, they do great things. As far as the money goes, not not what I had it planned. I had no idea what I was getting. I'm very appreciative for it, though. We we definitely won't spend it all. Um, and what we don't spend will go back to Mr. Gilbert and his wife. Um, but, you know, as far as the litigations, the taxes and stuff, that's, that's in litigation with the state right now. The county has nothing to do with that. And me, if I get elected as a county commissioner, there's no, there's no strings tied to this. We had an agreement that we would not. There's no favors. There's no strings attached. Nothing. He's going to spend his money because he believes me in enough to do that. I'm good with that. And, you know, Mr. Gilbert will do what he wants with his money, as will anyone else that makes a donation. So absolutely no favors, no strings, nothing there. And, and I'm proud that they're help, willing to help me out. All right. Mr. Cousins. Okay, Steve, I have an issue with this one. Um, you say we have nothing to do with this county. As a Board of Adjustments, as county commissioners, we have the authority to waive or adjust or settle those kind of issues. That is not up to the state. The state, state yes, sets the values, but we are very involved in county, as county commissioners, and I don't know how you can take that kind of a donation and be objective and not have to recuse yourself on those issues. We absolutely do have the authority to waive and to adjust or settle those kind of cases and i can't talk much more about it beyond that because it's confidential because of the, because of the nature of the, th the thing but i um having been accused of uh, accepting four hundred dollars <laughs> four years ago on a land deal with a gel i don't envy you having to answer that question over and over again why you took 38 times more money than's ever been donated in the last six years in the Iron County Commission race. That's, that, I, I don't envy you having to answer those questions. All right. This one's from Mr. Cousins. You have been criticized for your involvement in selecting the new jail site and for the public not being involved in discussions about the jail until after the very last stages. Do you feel that the public should have been better notified about this process? Can I take part of my time to ask a question? Sure, you can do okay, whatever so, you want with your time. So real quick, we did look at a lot of sites. Um, when you got to look at a site, it's like Walt Disney, when he had to find, find his property for his theme park in Florida, he didn't go out and announce to the world he was going to buy property. He sent people in, little people 
little realtor groups in to buy little pieces and then you put it all together. When we go to buy gel property, we don't go out and announce to the world that we're going to look at this piece because somebody will swoop in there and buy it out from under us, raise the price, and then make money on the county. That's not responsible for us to do that. It would be irresponsible. We did make an offer on the Smead site. It was owned properly. It was totally above board. Um, and we, we made an offer on that site, and in our due diligence, we found that the soils weren't ideal for that heavy of a building, so we looked at other sites. But I would like to ask Mr. Miller a question, and maybe he can take part of his time with this, but, um, and maybe before I ask that question, I'll go a little further because I've got a little bit more time, but this is a difficult topic, and it's very emotional for people. Um, I actually, the gel out in Fiddlers right now, that, that was the last cabinet job I installed before I started my own cabinet business in 1987. Um, but but and and it's and it's worked out there. It and and, and once it, it, back when I worked on that job, there's hardly any, any houses around it, but it's filled right in around it. I believe that uh, my first choice is is in the north, the the loves out and 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 to correct Mr. Miller, uh, when we called it the Automall site, we were being, being very vague on purpose because of that very reason. We didn't want him to know exactly which piece we were looking at for the same reason I just mentioned, and so. Um, that's why we did it that way. It wasn't a bait and switch. It was it was something we have to negotiate to protect the taxpayer and the and the and the financial. And, and then we can go through the. But my question for Mr. Miller is this: excluding all these other th uh, factors, without utilities and those things, if you had to pick between the Smead site and the and the Automall site right now, which one would you choose to build a jail on? Um, you know what? That's that's a tough one. Now that I've educated myself on the gel and what it entails, and I've spent numerous, numerous hours out to the gel, spent time with the sheriff, spent time with the jailers, the deputies and everything, and educated myself, you know what? I am not opposed at all out for going out by my home in Smead, you know, because I have educated myself and spent the time. Yes, I came in hot to begin with. There's no doubt about it. You know, we just built that home a couple of years ago. So um, looking at the having the sheriff's deputies and stuff right in your neighborhood protecting you a little better because they're right there on hand um i i would be i'm not opposed to either one but i would i'm fine with it being out by smeed i think right now um there's a situation with the people out in fiddlers that needs to be addressed and handled correctly and uh i don't think that has been yet uh, and they they brought their education to planning commission and they let they they were heard and it was good all right this question is for you, Mr. Miller. You have said that you originally got into this campaign, and we kind of just answered this, uh, because of plans to build a new jail near your home. You've also stated in town hall meetings that you have since changed your mind about the jail. Will you please explain how your position has evolved on the subject of the jail, even though you just kind of did? <laughs> yeah, I, I just kind of did. Um, you know, like like I just mentioned, I, I was pretty furious at the beginning of this because in my opinion, and I, and I understand what you're saying about not letting people know to a degree, um, but if you're going to put it next to a neighborhood, there should be some flyers put out to those residents to give them a little warning. Hey, we just put money down on this for a site. You locked it in. We should have been notified somehow, somewhere, instead of finding out the hard way. So with that being said, um, you know, educating myself has, has come a long ways, and I still have a lot to learn. Being the first time running for a campaign as for a commission position, I'm still learning every day. Um, there's probably a lot of people out there that have forgot more than I'll ever learn. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, um, you know, I've, I've already mentioned that it would be fine. It would be fine right there. I don't have an issue with that anymore. But I think, I think that we really need to address this situation in Fiddlers a little better because understand i understand what you're saying again about the land and, and not letting people know so they don't swoop in but that owner already had that land locked up it wasn't going anywhere because he owns that and it is owned r1 right so with that being said why do you want to take away those multitudes of homes that can go there because these big stores that they want out on the north end they go off roof counts and so if there's not enough homes there these people will not see the stores they want to see out there the targets the costcos whatever it may be but we are growing very fast, and we all know that. So, you know, I think uh, I think that's something that really needs to be negotiated with these people out there right now if that's what you're going to do. I won't have a say in this. You know, I do as a citizen. I can voice my opinion, but 
if I am elected, I still don't come in until January. We know this is going to be a lot farther ahead than that. So that's where I stand. Okay. Mr. Cousins. Actually, the land out there at the Automall site hasn't been locked up. We haven't even made an offer yet. We know what they're we're not we know what they're asking for the property, but that hasn't that'd be irresponsible to do that until we until we see if it can be rezoned. The Smeet, the difference between that and the Smeet site, the Smeet site was already zoned I and one, which was which allowed for a gel. This one doesn't. So it wouldn't be responsible for us to make an offer until we have the conditional use permit and the zone change. And so and we have been open. We've had we've had numerous meetings. We had a big meeting that at the at the Great Hall. We had a meeting at the at the Heritage Center, and we had a meeting uh, and uh, several. We've had a lot of meetings. We've been very. We had a meeting at the jail. You and your wife attended, Steve, and and um, we've been very open, very transparent. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are busy with their lives, and they don't always notice things are happening until it affects them, right? So they jump in and. And, and a lot of people that have been upset about it, I've said, go watch the videos, go watch the meetings. And they've come back and said, you know, I'm still not happy, but I understand now. So that's, that's where we're at. All right. Mr. Cousins, according to an allegation today, uh, you, quote, tipped off Frank Nichols for unpaid taxes to Cedar City. Can you explain what interaction occurred between you and Mr. Nichols over his delinquent taxes? Nine years ago. <laughs> He's really desperate. I... I don't even remember what happened. I, according to what I read, um, maybe maybe if somebody owed, owed money and I said, "Hey, you might want to pay that," and they paid it, wouldn't that be a good thing? I think that'd be great. I I don't, uh, and I guess this goes back to the four hundred dollar donation that that everybody's dragging up. But uh, I don't I don't even honestly remember nine years ago. I mean, I don't know where they got that. Somebody obviously fed that information to this this individual out there that has set up a website to smear me. And, and Mr. Miller, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, the signs have been placed next to mine saying, you know, talking about website. I'm really kind of disappointed that you hasn't, haven't disavowed this mudslinging, this negative. I can go to every single one of those allegations that's on that site, and, and, and it's just, it just it's, it, they're totally baseless. They, they've spun, and I'd love to have another debate where we talk about every one of them, Dan, but... Uh, it's just, it's ridiculous what, what individuals are stirring up to try to slander me. And, um, and, I, I, and I call on your campaign, campaign to tell them to stop it, and, because you haven't. And it's, it's, it's a real disappointment. This individual um, digs and digs and digs. He's, he's, what's sad is our, our, one of our county employees that's in a supervisory position today called me and said, Paul, I can't get my work done. This individual is doing grammar requests every day trying to make us dig up old records. We can't do our job in the county because he's harassing us every day. He wants it. And the other thing, I got in, there was a little dispute with, uh, with the women's uh, Canyon Creek Services. And I was sent as, uh, an email by an individual that works there that was so outrageous, I never even responded to it. And then they do a grammar request. And, and, and post it as if it's truth. I never even responded to this. It's ridiculous. All right. Mr. Miller, your rebuttal, sir. Well, as far as this individual putting signs up by your signs and stuff like that, I had no idea he was even putting up signs. We both know who this individual is. Mm -hmm. But I will be the first to step up and say he is not affiliated with my campaign whatsoever. You, you guys have an enemy thing going on from years past before me. So you can't put this on my campaign. Um, as far as what he puts out and everything, everybody has a free voice to say what they want. Um, I, don't, I don't keep track of it. I don't even know what you're talking about, the $400. I don't even get on Facebook anymore. I hate it because there are so many slanderous things going on. I see no reason for that. I do not have time for that. We are running a clean campaign. And the last thing I want to do is sit and argue with people. So um, I think you should reach out to that individual and understand that my campaign is not involved. And, and Canyon Creek, you know, that's, that's between you guys, not me. And I do know the story there. And you guys can handle that. <clears throat> All right. This question is for Mr. Miller. 
According to your campaign finance report, on March 9th of this year, you paid the Iron County Board of Realtors $315 for affiliation. It appears to observers that you used campaign finance funds for membership in this organization in direct violation of Utah Code 20A, 11104, Section 1B, Subsection 14, which prohibits personal use of campaign funds for a, quote, membership fee for a professional or service organization. Did you use campaign funds to pay for your membership in the Iron County Board of Realtors? Uh, no, that came out of my personal account. Um, being part of the Board of Realtors came, I, I used to be in real estate for a lot of years. So I was a member way back when and stuff, but absolutely not. That came out of my own funds. Um, you know, I, I've been taught that you keep an eye on all that money, you take care of it, and you these are the laws you obey, and I do. Um, that's the first I've even heard of that one. That's, that's a new one coming up, and obviously... Um, this debate seems to be getting uglier and uglier by the day. And, and it's really sad because I don't see why we can't run a good, clean campaign without trashing people, without things coming out, allegations, um, things being said one way or the other, and sicking people on other people. You know, this is not what campaigning is for. A campaign is set out there so the people can find the best individual that they believe in to go run in that position and handle their job. So, you know, it's, it's quite amazing to me to, to hear these little things, just like your $400 thing. Honest to God, didn't know a thing about it till you brought it up, and I still don't even know what you're talking about. So um, I, would, I would like to call out on Mr. Cousins to let's, let's run a clean campaign. Let's get, let's get these people that you've got out there trashing on me and stuff as well. And, and, and you know what I'm talking about. Um, I can bring up several different meetings that things have been said and done. Um, but I challenge you to a clean campaign, drop it all. I'm not out. I'm not out after you. I don't dislike you. I don't have anything against you. Let's run a clean campaign. Let's let the citizens decide who's going to be best. I'm not taking any away from anything you've ever done or do. Let's just run a clean campaign. That's all I can ask. Okay. Mr. Cousins. We have run a clean campaign. I've, I have not engaged. If you've noticed, I used to engage a lot on Facebook with comments, but on this stuff, I haven't engaged. I, I, you can't find a like, a comment, or anything. If anybody does say something, I've tried to spend a lot of time on my website. It's got a lot of great information, paulcousins.com. You can go read about my record, my platform, my goals, what I've done, there's articles embedded in there you can click on, there's, there's the water reports, there's the groundwater management plans, and um, I've just, what I have done is if I do respond to anybody, I say, look, go to my website, read what I've got there, if you have further questions, call me. So that's all you'll ever see from me. So we have run a very clean campaign. I can't help if others want to comment on different things, and I, I honestly, I've been out working, I don't pay attention to that stuff. I didn't know anything about this donation or, or whatever it is they're accusing you. I have, I have no idea. I don't know the law, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't know All right. Uh, this is a general question for both candidates. You both will have two minutes to answer this, and there will be no rebuttals. Uh, and since you went first, I'm going to let Mr. Miller uh, have first crack at this. Um, Iron County has seen unprecedented growth, and this has led to taxing of our current infrastructure and resources. How will you approach the issue of growth in Iron County if you were elected to the county commission? Well, as far as growth goes, uh, we got to go back to the general plan that hasn't been updated since, let's see, 1995. Um, wow, what a long time it's been since that's been updated uh, for the county. So we need to go back and we need to put together a new plan with that general plan and and we need to make sure that we have things in order for this growth we need to we need to manage this growth somehow again mr cousin had mentioned the waters and stuff um yeah you know we don't want that to get out of hand we definitely don't want that to get out of hand and the growth is tremendous right now and it's it's quite shocking to watch this subdivisions after subdivision go in i think we're what are we at 30 subdivisions right now I believe in, in Iron County. So, you know, the growth is insane, but we need to go back to the general plan no matter what with the water, with the growth and everything else. And that needs to be reestablished and, and looked at and put back into place. So that's the part that makes me nervous is it seems like there's not a good plan. It's just kind of how about it. And, and I'm speaking free, freely about this, what I do know. 
I still have a lot to learn, but there's a lot of good people out there that understand this better than I do that can help me with those sources. But that's kind of, that's where I'm leaning right there. All right. Mr. Cousins. I, I'm so happy this came up because I've been chomping at the bit to answer this. We've been working, we work on our general plan every month. It, it's not that it hasn't been done. We, the responsible way to work on general plans or master plans, whatever you want to call them, is to take them piece by piece. When I was first elected, we were working on the belt route that goes from Highway 56 going north. We know the one that goes to Hamilton Fort. This one's going to go north up through the DeMille Sod, by the DeMille Sod farm and around and curve around to just north of Enoch. And uh, we, we did that early so that we can get developers and stuff to work around our plans. We can buy right-of-ways and easements and different things. Um, we, we worked, we've got a septic tank survey going right now, but with Summit and, and Newcastle, and that's part of our general plan, is to see what kind of density we can do with septic tanks. Another thing is water. We've, my, my master plan for water is action. I have a record of it. Go look at it. That's my record with water. And I don't like to talk about things. I like to go do them. Uh, another thing we're doing is uh, affordable housing. We're working on, we passed an R4K ordinance where you can do a subdivision with smaller lots. So these kids, they can't go from zero to $500,000. They can jump to maybe a smaller home, smaller lot, and then jump to a bigger one later on with and build equity. We've got, we've got Mike Worthen working on some some infrastructure planning. We've got, we've, we just adopted a new ordinance with our setbacks for flood. When we had these flood events, we found that we didn't have room to maintain the flood channels with homes. We created new setbacks for new subdivisions so we can work on those. We are working on new road standards. We're finding our roads are not holding up in some of these subdivisions. So a couple of our contractors came and said, there's better ways you can do it. We adopted those. We are working on our general plan all the time. Just because we don't have 1995 updated, it doesn't mean we're not working on it every day. That is absolutely not true. We, we take that a piece at a time. And the Cedar City did one for two years. They changed it a week later. It just All right. It, so. Time is up. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, but I'm going to let you continue because you get to have your closing remarks. And you will have two minutes for that. Me? Yes, sir. All right, thank you, Dan. Appreciate the time to, uh, to be here with Mr. Miller and Dan, appreciate you doing this. You know, as I've talked to people and if people have seen what I've done and my work ethic, it's, it's, um, I appreciate U.S. Senator Mike Lee endorsing me for re-election and saying I'm the, one of the hardest working uh, uh, public servants he's ever seen. I, I'm grateful to have U.S., or I mean, uh, Utah Senator Evan Vickers, who's the majority leader, endorse me. Carl Albrecht, who's a representative over in Richfield, he's one of our new great, great man, uh, endorsed me. I've got um, all of the Republican mayors in Iron County endorsing me for re-election, including the mayor of Enterprise, uh, Brent, Mayor Humphreys. I've got, um, I've got the county auditor, county treasurer, county assessor, county recorder, county sheriff, and county attorney all endorsing me for this election. And I appreciate them and, and because they've, you know, I've, I've had a reputation sometimes of or been accused of not being able to work with people. And I don't think those individuals would come out with a public endorsement if I wasn't good to work with. And, and, uh, and you know, I've, I, I have over 40 of the biggest ag producers in Iron County endorsing me in this race because they know what I've done and I've worked well with them. Um, through COVID, I want to mention COVID real quick. We you know we could have taken the easy path and just shut down and, and listen to what the government wanted us to do. we close businesses and but we took the approach that every employee every worker is essential anybody that's trying to provide for their loved ones and their families they're essential and that's what we try to do um you know the four things um protect the taxpayer i have a record of that look it up uh, protect our way of life pre prevent government overreach and the water and infrastructure. I've worked on it. I've got a record. I would appreciate your vote. I'm Paul Cousins, uh, paulcousins.com. Check me out. And I appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, Mr. Miller. All right. Well, <clears throat> I do appreciate the time, Dan, Mr. Cousins being here. This, is, uh, this has been a new eye-opener, to say the very least. Uh, this is the first time I've ran a debate like this, so thank you for that opportunity. Um, you know, what I'm bringing to the table is, is not all the experience that Mr. Cousins has because he's had the opportunity to be there. And I appreciate that, you know. So that's what I'm looking for is that opportunity as well. Um, what, what I'm not going to sit here and talk about, I have some very good endorsements. I'm not going to lay them all out. That's, 
neither here nor there to me. Um, what you won't hear from me is I, 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 because you know what? It's about us as a community. I want the citizens to be involved, have a voice, and I want to hear their thoughts. Because I think as a commission, there's three of you in there, and as a commission, to listen from the citizens of Iron County and take that and put it to use or do the best you can do to make it the best for Iron County is the most important thing I can bring to this table. I believe in listening. I could learn more from a rancher who's been doing it for 80 years about water than ever studying anything because those people have done this their whole lives. I'm looking forward to the opportunity. I hope I, you know, that the people really feel and understand me that I do care about the citizens. I care about giving back and I want to hear from you. That is so important to me. Um, like I said, it's not about me. Yes, it's about me as an getting elected, but it's not about me after that. It's about the community. So let's bring that together. Um, again, you can go to my website as well, millerforiron.com. We have a great website there as well. We've, we've got some fantastic people that put things together along with our videos and stuff. And I want to serve the public. So on June 28th is our only vote, June 28th primary. So please, Steve Miller for Iron County, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate both of you coming into the studio today. The, the reason, you know, you guys both mentioned that this was tough because one of the things I've noticed for several years, and, and it's funny you mentioned that the Snack Shack, because that's actually what woke me up and got me involved in local politics uh, in, in Cedar City and Iron County. Um, the, the way that was handled just lit my fire. Um, but I've noticed that there's all kinds of forums, and they're kind of fluffy, and they're kind of light, and, and there's not a real debate. And I'm a Washington, D.C. animal, so I, I really love a good debate. And I think it's good to get those tough questions out there so you guys can address them and, and have that opportunity. So thank you for taking part in our maiden voyage with the What's Really Happening in Southern Utah podcast. And thank you all for listening. And uh, we will be having on Friday... We will have Mr. Bleak, and we will have Mr. Griffiths right here at this table, and they will be coming in and answering hard questions. I don't have as many hard questions for them. They've been kind of on the down low. It's been running stealth campaigns, but I'm going to see what I can I can uh, pull out of uh, what's going on and, and have them answer some tough questions. So, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming in, and thank you for participating, and all of you out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to what's really happening in Southern Utah, the podcast. We hope that you found this content to be worthwhile. We want to hear from you. So if you have any upcoming event that you'd like to share with our listeners, or if you represent a local group, we'd love to have you come into the studio. Just email us at contact at what's really happening We're also working on streaming this podcast live and have the ability for folks to call in and ask questions or share items of interest to residents of Southern Utah. Be sure to share Share this podcast with your friends. And again, thanks for listening.